Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and in this episode, I have one of the most candid conversations I have ever had yet with a real estate agent. His name is Matthew Hockley, and according to Real Trends, uh, Matthew was ranked number 174 in all of the USA for total individual unit sales for 2019. Now, Matthew shares his journey of overcoming true addiction the pitfalls in this business along the way and what the other side of getting clean really looks like as a high producing agent. He shares the daily method of operation that allows him to run three incredibly successful real estate focused businesses and how he maintains his laser focus. You don't want to miss this episode as Matthew is one of the most transparent and successful real estate agents that I've ever met. So stay tuned. Here we go. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Hello, everybody. My name is Rich Fournier, and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm super excited today to have Matthew Hockley on the show with us today. Um, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania is in the house. It is, and it's a bright and sunny 87 here today. Fantastic. I think we're, so, we're, yeah, we're in metric system. I think we're different. (laughs) 37, right? What does that even mean to me? I mean, I was I don't know. I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, even though we're here. So, um, listen, I'm super excited to have you on the show. This podcast is about yeah, thank you very much. Result. You're creating peak results. Um, I mean, 146 transactions, individual transactions, I might add. Right. Not a team. Um, that's outstanding numbers. Listen, very few people are ever going to hit those numbers. And my job is to try to figure out because you're gracious enough, hopefully, to have this conversation about how to create these kind of results in someone's life. Why you, Matthew? Most people fail out of the industry. Why you? I think for me, like I got into real estate in 1999. Yeah. Uh, you know, small company, just trying to like work my way through. My dad was an insurance salesman. I was dead set on not getting into insurance. Like every time I say that, he rolls his eyes. But I'm like, <laughs> I've always gone against the grain. He will agree to that. <laughs> right. So when I first got started, I, you know, kind of dabbled for the first year. After that, then I ended up at a Century 21 agency and I hooked up with somebody who was selling bank-owned foreclosures. Yep. So from an early start, I got into the bank-owned business. So like 2000, like bank-owned properties were, you know, nowadays they're, it's a high, high level of competition. Back then you could have bought amazing houses for little to, you know, one third of the price they're going for now. So I got into that and that's, that really helped me kind of understand what real estate was about. I didn't have to do a ton of out of the box prospecting, do you know what I mean? But as I grew more in the business and I, as I understood the business more, I was able to do different types of prospecting. So that's helped me, you know, get where I am today. Now today we run, um, partner, my partner and I run three different companies. So I work at Remax First Advantage in Mechanicsburg, just the real estate. But we also own a company called PADeals.com. And what that is, is that's a turnkey rental uh, 
sale companies. So what we do is we buy houses, we fix them up and we sell them to people who want to be landlords like doctors, lawyers, but they don't want to do the work. Yeah. So, you know, I started with the foreclosures and now we own PA deals. So we run this other company. So I started in that. Now we're doing the actual buying and selling. So like my real estate career has gone full circle from left to right. I mean, learning the REO business, you know how that worked. I did that for till 2011 and then 2011 till now we've owned PA deals and we just opened up a real estate coaching business. Now we're coaching other investors how to get into real estate. So whether that be, you know, we teach them how to wholesale, do a fix and flip or do one of our turnkey rentals with us. You're checking a lot of hats. So, um, are you, doing so your one, one. I got like four more back here. Okay. I haven't cut, had my haircut in four months. So that's why I told I mean, I call, they call me slick Rick right now. Um, are you doing traditional prospecting? I mean, that's a lot of deals to do. I mean, I mean, yeah, we do. I mean, at this point for me right now, so I've been in the business for 20 years, a lot of it's word of mouth. You know, I have people who, and then from the investment standpoint side, like people know that we buy houses. So people are coming to us. We do a lot of different, um, private seller marketing uh, and on the real estate end of it, like people just, they call me, they were referred from friends and, you know, I'm probably holding anywhere between 15 and 25 deals, 30 deals at all times that are in some, some, you know, whether it's a turnkey rental that we're selling, you know, a traditional sale or what have you all at all times under contract. Under contract. Right now we have like 25 listings, but see everything's selling like one day on the market. Right. So it's hard to hold on in inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So COVID has not uh, dramatically impacted your business. I mean, right off the bat it did just because it was so new for everybody. And I think people were just nervous. So we had, like I said, we had about, I'd say a handful of deals fall apart, three to five. Um, but they again went under contract right away. I think one deal, one house had a deal fall apart three times, third time. Or fourth time the charm they ended up buying it but um the industry i think the difference between now and like 2009 2011 the big crash was at the interest rates now so back then interest rates were what five seven percent yep. and now they're 2.75 here right yeah so i got a girl that wrote a couple has written a couple offers hasn't gotten a house yet but she's paying you know on a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage twelve hundred and fifty bucks depending right. on taxes so it's it's so much different now. Oh, I think yeah, that's what's driving is low interest rates. What's that? That's what's driving it is low interest rates. I think so. I think that's the reason why the real estate industry at this point in the COVID hasn't taken a plunder because the rates are so good. And with all this other market uncertainty, everybody that can put their money that they have are putting into real estate. It's the only safe investment where you actually walk away with a tangible asset. Yeah, I, I get that. Question for you. If you were to start today, Matthew, what would you do differently? I mean, would you get into um, foreclosure business today if you were to start brand new? I think if I was to start today, I would probably see the way it worked out for me is that I had, I had always had this capacity to learn. So I would always go to the highest producer in every company that I've ever worked for. And I would go to learn from them. And as I did that, then they'd want to partner up with me because they'd see that I had this very, very high level work ethic. So I kind of just gravitated towards the most successful people. And I kind of learned everything about them 
yep. and everything about what they were doing so that I can implement that onto my business. So I, I don't know that I would, it would be the same. It would depend, you know, where I started, who was there and who I was looking to look up to as my next leader. Yeah. Why? So you would go, um, whatever market you're in, you would go and find someone who's producing um, at a level that you would want to produce the lifestyle, the type of business that you were looking to create and, and do your best to get in the door and have conversations with that person. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what I've done my whole career. I mean, from day one, I've always been a really hard worker. So like currently I wake up at 4.30 every day. I know. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of paperwork involved in these deals. So, you know, it, once my phone starts ringing around 7.30, 8 o'clock, it, I can't do any kind of any kind of paperwork, you know. So 4.30, I usually go to the gym at 6, so it gives me a little bit of time to work on the paperwork. But, yeah, I mean, what I did was I knew this is what I wanted to do as soon as I got into it. I could just tell. Like, I, I mean, how could you not want to do sell real estate? I mean, to me, it's like living the American dream. I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, I feel like sometimes people wake up and they're like, eh, I got to go to work today, right? That's like how people feel. Like literally every single day when I wake up, it's like the most exciting day ever because every person you meet has their, their own story, right? You're helping them make the biggest investment of their entire lives and they're relying on you for guidance. You know, it's the most rewarding thing other than being a father that I've ever, I've ever done. And you, this hit you right from day one. I mean, I just, I liked it. You know, real estate was my thing. I wanted to learn everything about it. Like I said, I gravitated towards the most successful people. I wanted to be reading what they were reading. I wanted to be understanding how, at that time, I was working with a guy named Tim Straub who was doing, on a team, about 250 deals. And I ended up being a part of Tim's team. So my first year in real estate, real full year, I think I did 36 transactions with him. You learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot. And that was the thing. Like, so I didn't make the most money because it was never about the money for me. Like I wanted to learn because I knew when I got my chance, I would be able to run with it. So I learned from him and, uh, you know, I did 36 transactions. Then I think I did 60 the next year. And then ever since then I've done 80 plus I've done over 3000 transactions in, you know, 20 some years. That's right. That's right. That's, and it's a lot, it's a lot of deals. I mean, you can't buy that kind of experience. I mean, a lot of times I've learned some stuff. I mean, you know, you learn a lot of stuff on your own sometimes that nobody can teach you. Oh, no, you learn by, you know, my biggest mistakes. I've learned a ton. Know what not to do ever again. Right. Right. Don't ever do that again. So, listen, here's the deal. So, like, you have systems and processes. Like, you get up in the morning at 4.30. You go to the gym at 6. You start working. You start, I mean, you have so many different things you've got to do in a given day. Like, do you, do you spend a part of your day really focused on generating future business on whatever capacity you do and how does that what does that look like for you yeah so i feel like a, like real estate business i think a, a lot of people think oh i'm in real estate you know i can kind of do whatever i want i've always lived my life and my and i've always run this business by schedule so i wake up at the same time every day right and you know whether it's a saturday or sunday i wake up at 4 30 every single day and i just do my thing right so 4 30 to 5 30 i usually just relax for a couple you know what i mean do some paperwork relax then i usually go to the gym but <clears throat> so we do i mean i do a lot of we do a lot of marketing um i do a lot of facebook marketing okay. and like i said a lot of it's word of mouth like we live in a small it's a smaller town 
So a lot of people, you know, know each other. So I actually have other agents that call me at different times and say, Hey, do you want to buy this house? Or, Hey, this isn't really what I want, but I think that you could really help this person. So I've gravitated from, you know, being the newbie in the business to 20 years later, being someone that people come to either for advice or like if they're not interested in taking that listing or even to help them with that. Yep. So I think that helps. I mean, as far as systems and processes go, and we have a lot of systems in place as far as like how we get people from the day one, pre, you know, once you meet them, the day one pre-approval into looking at homes, you know, how we do contracts. I mean, I think this whole business is about expectations. You will have happy clients every day for the rest of your life if you set them up with the right expectations, especially mm-hmm. now when contracts and houses are selling for several thousand dollars over asking price here. I don't know what it's like there, but here, I mean, if it's 15,000 plus, that's probably on the low side. You know, there, I, there was a house the other day that 25 offers, $66,000 over asking. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, I mean, at our peak, we, I saw one had 75 offers. <laughs> Is that crazy? Right, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Well, so I just think you have to have, your buyers have to have, and your sellers have to have an expectation for your buyers. They have to understand that you are only able to offer a certain amount. So whatever your max dollar amount is, you have to say, if you're not willing to go past that and somebody else does, you're okay with that and you'll move on to the next property. I think what happens a lot of times is that people, the agents that have come across sometimes that have had issues are afraid to tell people things they don't want to hear. I always start out with like the no's. You know what I mean? These are the worst things that could happen to you and anything after this is going to be a bonus. You know what I mean? So people know it just lowers their expectation of what could actually happen. And then when they do get that, that house or they sell that house, they're ecstatic, you know, just like the person that takes, you know, 75 gets 75 offers. I mean, the chances of that appraising are probably slim to none unless the person's paying cash. So you have to let that person know like any dollar that you get over asking is $1 more than you would ever ask for. Right. You know, but it's if you don't tell them that, then people at the end of the day they're like, "Well, you know, it sold for two eighty. I want two eighty, but it was listed for two sixty. Right. So I think expectations is the the one of the biggest things. What's your average resale price then? So it's probably about one sixty, one seventy, one sixty, one seventy. When you look at um, so here we we probably are you know in Central Ontario down. We're probably at around the 60,000 agent count. Okay. 60,000 agents, you know, competing. <laughs> that is a lot of agents. Yeah, try to, you know. 15,000 right here in Greater Harrisburg area, I think. And how many, how many transactions would occur in Greater Harris area? Well, it's, it's down. So I'm guessing probably... I think they're averaging probably about 12 to 20 some thousand. Right. Okay. So that's the competition is actually quite fierce. It is. Yeah. So like think of it that I think, I think the average, you know, we're around, you know, it was a three or four deals per agent on average, which is not true. I mean, with 25% of the agents that do zero deals a year. Right. right. So, so why are you, I'm still trying to, in my mind, hometown, well, like, you know, if you go off these rankings that they put out, like in my hometown, I was like number six, right? In all of Pennsylvania. 
but there were people on there from like that own auction companies, but I was like probably the number one real estate, like door to door agent. Right. Aside from like these other people that do like different things in here, here in Harrisburg. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I did an interview with an agent who was number six for a particular company in a particular state. I saw that. And, uh, but he's doing $10,000 properties. Right. 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 He doesn't even see the property. He just, he just does transaction, does some paperwork. And, and so that's not the same resale. Resale's yeah, a different. And he like works for an auction company or something, right? Uh, he's, in the, he's in the land business in Florida, actually. Yeah. So it's a different business model. And I look at, so I'm always intrigued with someone who is in the resale, residential resale market who's doing high volume because that requires someone who has a handle on not only the nuance of the deal, the data, but the marketing, the branding, the lead generation, the follow-up, the, the um, of really cultivating a relationship to make that happen. And then the, the nuances of the deal and, and trying to juggle all of this stuff. It's an MBA in business, man. It's a PhD in business and no one can tell me otherwise. Anyone who's producing at that level, they are so crammed full. They got to get up in the morning. They got to, let's, let's look at what somebody does. So you got to generate leads. You got, so you got to generate relationships. That person may do a deal once every seven years. How many relationships do I got to cultivate on a daily basis of a buyer selling a piece of property and then the nuances of showing properties, listing appointments, doing deals, doing measurements, deals going south, um, people threatening lawsuits, blah, 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 blah. Right? And, and then all of a sudden I got to get home to my family. It's, it's a crazy business. Definitely. There's, there's not a lot of extra time. Right. So when I look at someone who has the mental capacity to create that kind of um, volume, it's it a lot for me has to do with like, you know, I developed this niche, you know, when you're, when you're also buying and selling them, you know, and you have your, and you have several different, so it's not just showing buyers listing houses. It's then on top of that, it's buying them, fixing them up, renovating them, selling them to another buyer. You know what I mean? Or buying them, you know, a turnkey buyer or selling them to a, a homeowner. So like I said, we have three different levels of the business and you know, we just, I just try, I mean, I, I'm also the project manager, so there's a lot going on here. You know, you, and I, so the average resale price, and I'm just, I'm thinking ahead of, you know, the future of our two, you know, pretty cool countries. Um, our average resale is probably over a million bucks. Oh, really? Dang. Dang. I'm yeah, but competition's <laughs> crazy, right? Like it's it's insane, right? So um when I look at people investing into the US from Canada, even with the exchange rate, you know, you're buying a hundred and fifty, hundred and eighty thousand dollar properties and they're cash flowing. Right. So think about it like this. Like, so it's like talk about like sorry, this this really isn't that future of the podcast, you know, the content, but like there's crazy opportunity. <laughs> well, so what happens here? is you know harrisburg's the capital of the state right? right so the surrounding states delaware new jersey brooklyn you know new york maryland sold houses to people in florida california so what happens is people come to pennsylvania to buy residential rental real estate i sold one guy in new jersey 23 houses i sold a guy a doctor in erie um we sold our company sold 13 houses in one time one, one, one deal, like 13 houses. So that's what it really happens. I mean, you have to, you just, it's crazy. 
But people come here just for that specific reason. I sold another guy in Carlisle locally here about 13 houses. Right. So right. we're buying them. Well, we'll buy them for say 50, 60, 70,000 and we'll sell them on an A-class turnkey rental for 145,000. Cash flowing? That's the investor's cash flowing for about 250, $300 a month. Positive. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if you're in New York, you can't buy a house for less than 350,000, 400,000. Well here, I mean, we have little townhouses going for 500,000. <laughs> 1,100 square feet. Jeez. Right? So it, it's, 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 it's a different commodity here. And um, so we, one is a lack of inventory. Two, um, you know, migration, immigration is, 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 is huge here. And I think that, you know, to be competitive in this marketplace, you, you got to be, you know, some people say you got to niche it out, but we have straight, plain, vanilla real estate here. So, you know, you buy, sell. There's no REOs. There's no bank foreclosures. There's, it's like if a property, if someone loses their house, I mean, that's 0.03% of the market. It's not, there is no market there. Right. So here it's all about how many people do, you know, do I communicate with on a daily basis? And do you generate business from um, Facebook and social media? Is that part yeah, of it? Yeah. So on average, we do about, um, well, I spend I spend probably about two thousand dollars a month just on Facebook advertising, okay. which generates. Jeez, uh, it just depends. I mean, like sometimes we get tens of thousands of leads. Yeah, I mean, I got a funnel right now going that's got eight hundred leads in it that we're constantly cultivating. Doesn't sound like a lot, but those are warm touches. Right. right. So I mean. And it's, it's weird. Like I said, I could, just depending on what, how everything's going, like I could wake up today and, and make it my goal to go out and buy five houses, right? Which is going to end up being 10 for me. You know what I mean? And that could happen. Like I do, used to do that all the time. My partner would give me a challenge. He'd be like, you need to buy 10 houses this week and we go out and do it. So do you think that perhaps um, agents are just not, you know, maybe are they focusing on the wrong thing, right? So everyone focuses like so that. You just made a really interesting point, and I want to get to that because we teach people, coach. You know, the the industry itself. Go prospect. Go find. Go prospect and lead gen. But no one says go buy a house or sell a house today. So I think what happens is like traditionally, that's what everybody tells everyone to do: start your farm, prospect the expires, prospect the fizzbos. So everybody's doing that, right? So about. I don't know, for me, eight, nine years ago, when the market was changing and I decided I wanted to get out of the REO aspect of it, this is what the opportunity that I was given. And it, you're writing your own check. I mean, like, so it's your time, your effort, your energy, right? But you're putting it into something that you're totally in control of. So if I am prospecting the same list as you, then we're competing, right? So I am going to open up my own list that's over here, right? Where there's competition here, right? There's other companies in the area that do what we do, but they just don't, it, it, they're, in, they're in York or they're not really right here. So, I mean, for lack of a better word, we're the only competition. We're our own competition. Like if we don't get that deal down the street, it's only because, you know, we didn't mail them or we didn't call them or it wasn't part of the marketing that we did. But when, when I get face to face with somebody, I'm closing that deal. No questions asked. Were you always this competitive? 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all started because I, um, I used to work for somebody and they said that you'll never beat me. And in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe not today, but there's going to be some day that I'm going to beat you. And I just always thought about that. You know, why would somebody say that to me? Right. Why would someone say that to you? <laughs> and ever since, you know, that was just one other thing that always stuck in the back of my mind. And I just think I just have a natural drive to be the best. Like I said, like I've always wanted to be the, whatever I was doing, whether it would be selling REO properties or this, you know, I always wanted to just be the best or at least give myself a chance to be the best. And if that meant I had to wake up longer than you and I had to take on more than you, or I had to stay up later than you, then I was willing to do that. I mean, I remember I used to wake up back in the day and I had to do BPOC. They were due before midnight. I'd wake, I'd go to bed from like eight to 10 and then I'd do them. I'd wake up at 10 and have them in by 12. Just whatever it took. I didn't care. You know, when you, um, when you look at our industry today and creating creating a, a team or creating these kind of peak results in, in, in this business, you seem to have a, a sense of peace about what you do. Do you get distracted by other opportunities or are you super focused on a goal? So right now I'm super like, focused. You're getting on a goal. picked every day for an MLM. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe look yeah. at that. Or are you like, you're always focused in on what you want. So I feel like right now I, I'm I've, for the last several years just been laser focused and I do get pitched for stuff all the time and I'm just not interested because I honestly don't have time. So for me, like this is what I want to do and I want to do it this way. I mean, I've gotten pitched to work for other companies. I've gotten pitched to do, you know, do this, do that, you know, come work here. We'll give you this. And it, I'm just not, I'm not interested in that. I mean, I was always interested in being the best in my business, in my area. And that's what I'm really striving for. So like, like I said about the whole like prospecting thing, like I don't know that I've ever done anything traditionally, right? I just never have. So for me, like I just created my own bubble, right? And now it's just a rat race. I'm chasing myself. Makes a lot of sense to me. If someone were to, and this is a really weird question, okay? Like, but think of it in, the value, like the advice you're going to give maybe 1%, maybe 1% may act on it. Maybe. Um, if you were to tell someone else how to beat you, what do they have to do? They'd have to out hustle me for sure. <laughs> right. Okay. That's number one. So you have to outwork you. And what does outwork you look like from a practical daily method of operation? Um, that means that somebody literally from 4.30 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night has to be willing to go 100%, 120% all out. I mean, yesterday, for example, I woke up at 4.30. I went to the gym from 6 to 7. I had an 8, a 9, a 10, 11, a 12, a 1, a 4 o'clock, or sorry, a 3 o'clock settlement. And then I had another appointment at 5, Right. And then we had a walkthrough at six. So I literally like, and that was in three different counties and probably about, you know, 350 miles worth of driving. Not to mention right now we have probably about 30 different properties under construction that, were, that we bought that we're fixing up and selling. 
that I'm also managing. <laughs> I think you're putting it in a context I don't work hard enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's no, seriously, like you, like you think of it and you think, all right, are you willing to go? Okay, so, so I, what I'm trying to pull from you and people like you is that you're in the game. Like you're, you know, there's a concept called be, do, have. So you made a decision to be this person. And that being that person means you're in, you're not distracted, you're not thinking of other opportunities, you're focused on what you want to do and you are totally at ease with what you, with, with what you do. My wife tells me this is all I care about sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's not, but I mean, I do this because I don't, it's, it's what I love to do. Like, you know, I just love it. it you I'm don't very so Like for me, like a lot, my life changed about, you know, seven years ago, I used to be addicted to drugs and alcohol. So like, not that I wasn't doing good business because I was, I still do a good business, right? I would do okay. But I just always kept getting kicked in the ass. Like I would just, you know what I mean? One mistake after another. And it was just 19 years I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, right? But I was still doing a tremendous amount of real estate business. So you're, I got sober you're, in you're, 2000. Say that again? You were functional. Yeah. But the end of the day you'd go home and drink your face off whatever correct end and of the so, day, right like four o'clock on five o'clock on depends sometimes noon but it was bad <laughs> okay so they, this, a lot of producers don't share their pain and this is what people need to hear by the way yeah just, so i say like if i was to open the whole book that's the book the book starts with the fact that i was a really good real estate agent right and i was always really hungry and i was always really driven right but I could never get above here. I get to here, something would happen, I'd be back down here. I get to here, something would happen, I'd be back down here. You know what I mean? I wasn't making continuously good decisions. So when I got sober in February of 2014, I had this like newfound like love of life, right? I just felt like I started with this clean slate, right? Whatever happened was behind me. And I was able to really write my own ticket about what I wanted to do. And so as I started making amends and as I started to work my way back into what I was really, really good at, and I continued, like I said at the beginning, to link up with the right people that had the right drive to keep me motivated and to challenge me and give me more opportunities, I was able to then rebrand myself, you know, doing what I'm doing now, which is buying fixing up selling houses selling traditional real estate and being like the go-to guy in this area for investments and things like that if you don't mind me asking this question because listen i bet you there are so many people listening to this right now who are battling something how did you make the decision to change so i'll bring break it down uh you know i had a something happened. I won't say what, but something happened at home with my daughter. And, uh, you know, I went home the next day and, um, I got served these papers and they took my kids away from me. And at that point in time, I thought to myself, I can't do this anymore. Right. I was just reckless. You know, there was no money, no sale or anything that was ever going to change my position on life right then. Right. So I checked myself into drug and alcohol rehab. Myself, I didn't, <laughs> crazy thing, but I didn't even drive. I lost my license. And so I was walking. I had to walk back and forth to this 
rehab facility that was like a mile from my house three days a week i checked myself in and this counselor i just i connected with him there was just something about him he actually just recently passed away but um i just connected with him and so like for the first time because it wasn't my parents saying to me you should stop doing you know what i mean this and you should stop doing that it wasn't somebody telling me that i should stop doing what i was doing it was somebody who had the same experience that i had right had done the same things as i had that was saying to me if you do this this and this and if you put this in front of this and you listen to what i have to say and the other people that are in the room with you you have a different makeup right so i have an addictive personality right so now i'm probably addicted to working right and selling houses <laughs> but you know so i have addictive personality so i had to realize that to be able to change my life so i started with a clean slate I identified with what he was able to tell me and I just remember him telling me that like, you know, I thought my life was over, right? That it wasn't. And so what, what happened to me was actually like the coolest thing ever. I would start going through things on a daily basis that I used to drink through. You know what I mean? So like I'd have a tough day at work. I would go hang out at the bar with my friends and I would drink till, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 o'clock. And then I'd wake up and do it all over again. And so I wasn't doing that now. So I was all, all alone because like he told me the first day I went there, like those people aren't your friends. Well, I was wrong. He was right, which kind of went through everything else in my life. You know what I mean? I was usually wrong that everybody else was right, but that's what really happened. I mean, that's what happened though. Like, yeah, and I had a lot of time to think through it and I trusted him. I didn't even know him, but I trusted him because he had fallen on his face. He had gotten sober a long time ago. And now he had gone to college. Now he was sitting in front of me in a room of people I didn't know. We were sharing our experiences and he was now teaching, you know, at this facility. And I think it just changed my life and my perspective on what was acceptable, what I, what, what I would, so before I would just accept whatever happened right and now i made this decision that i was going to be sober right and people were going to have to accept me for being who i was being sober and that i was going to change my life and if they didn't like that then i was not gonna you know what i mean i was I, there was no wavering for me it was black or white either i was gonna you know one of the other things that happens like you know when you're in real estate like it's a social business right all these social gatherings one of the first things he taught me is that when you get there, you know, if you want to go to a social gathering, right, where people are going to be drinking, you have to have an exit strategy. So you want to drive yourself, you want to go at a certain time, and you want to leave at a certain time, and you don't stay any longer than that. There's no deviation. So that was probably one of the first things I did to really, like, you know, angle myself away from that. And once I did that, and I started doing things that I never did sober before, it started every day, I get one step better one step better. You know what I mean? So then like, you know, things would happen in real estate and instead of going and drinking through them, I would just deal with it. And what happened to your game when you stopped? So my, when I stopped, I had no game at first. I was like, you know, kind of all over the place because I was really focused. You know what I mean? Like all I cared about then was, was real estate. So when I stopped, I didn't really have a game. Right. I let it all go. Right. I, you know, I didn't have a choice. I made, I made a mistake and it was, that was the end of that game. Right. And I was like, well, maybe this isn't going to be my game. And then I got an opportunity from a local broker, Steve Thompson. And I, you know, 
slowly but surely, maybe in 2011, I did like, you know, 50 deals, then 80, then, you know, every year got more and more. So what happened was when I got kicked really hard, right, I rebounded, right? And I did some, de- I did those 40 deals. Then after that, I set my next goal. I did 80. And then ever since then, I've done over 100. It just has just, I just have like a new, like release on life. Like I just, my viewpoint of how things happen, like my, my wife always tells me, she's like, Matt, nothing bothers you. Because to me, like whatever's going on, right? I mean, my life used to be really bad when I was drinking, using drugs, right? And now like, there's just nothing that I haven't dealt with. So like, it's not a big deal. Like the real estate part of it, you know, deals come, they go, they fall apart. That's part of life, right? Friends, they come, they go. That's part of life. People back into your car, that's part of life. I mean, I'm just not, I'm already on to the next thing. I'm just not focusing on anything negative, you know? So it's really helped me because I just don't, it, I, there was this mouse in our house the other day. I think she like starts screaming. I like bent down, cupped it in a cup. She's like, how do you do that? Like, yeah, it didn't even bother you, you know, little stuff. But nothing bothers me. So it enables, it enables me to have a level head and a level thinking and always be at the top of my game, mentally, physically, no emotion. Not drinking anymore. Like that, right? right? And, and societal-wise, it seems like that's so accepted. Like, yeah, I'm going to have a drink after work. I'm going to relax. I'm going to have a bottle of wine while I'm making dinner. Oh, wait, that's three bottles of wine, right? right. That seems to be a much more common than people talk about. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? I just, I just know that like, like, uh, Gerald used to tell me, he's like, Matt, you're not a social drinker. He's like, you can't go to the bar and have two or three beers with your friends. I'd be like, I know. Why would you do that? (laughs) That was my mentality. (laughs) I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. I think I can understand that actually. Um, and now that you're clear, the level of performance is through the roof. It is. And so I mean, you made a decision though after that. So you got that you made a decision on one was good. that was it. I had to change. But then even after you change, you still have to make another decision to be in the game of real estate. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there's, there were people at that time that, you know, weren't really happy with me. You know, I made, you know, I had burned some bridges. I made some, you know, poor decisions and I'd said some things I probably shouldn't have said course you know and um so it took a while but you know what changed my life one more step than that was to go to aa so i walked into a room and i saw someone i never thought i would see there and they accepted me back into their life so for me it was like i was born again and that was like at the very beginning like you know so probably like within the first year I was, you know, my counselor was like, you need to start going to AA. I'm like, cool, no problem. So I would go every day from seven to eight. And the first day I remember going in, I'm like, ah, shit. I look across the table and there's this guy. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I was, ex- he immediately accepted me. So, like, that changed my life, that my viewpoint. Do you know what I mean? Like, I knew at that point that I was going to be okay. As long as I would continue to do the right thing. I was going to be okay. As long as I would continue to not be drinking, I was going to be okay. And I just leave it all up to God. Like for me, like I always say to people, you know, there's nothing possible that could happen today that would be worse than any day that I've ever been that I was drunk. 
you know, it's like any day sober to me is better than any, you know, it couldn't be any worse than that. So any day sober is better than any day that I could have ever had drunk before. That's really just how I live my life. Outstanding. And now you're one of the top agents in the country. I know, right? It's not crazy. <laughs> I love that, man. It's a great story. I'd love to dwell down into the craziness of it all, but this is not the platform for it. But um, I appreciate you sharing that because you're, you have no idea that somebody you're going to impact and that, you know, you, that you can change your life and perform at a different level and actually love your life again. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing for sure. I mean, I, we do, we've been doing some coaching events. We just started about two years ago. We opened up a company called Invest in PA where we coach local investors. And I did a, I basically told my story and I had numerous people come up to me afterwards, you know, numerous. And it really changed the game for us because it, it made, you know, when you stand up in the front of the room and you tell people, you know, like, this is what we do. This is why you should invest with us. And this is what you'll get. Right. That sounds great. But when you stand up in front of a room of people and you're vulnerable and you tell them what you're really about, then people gravitate toward you, which is exactly why my real estate business is continuing to grow. I mean, people want to gravitate towards me. You're human. I know, right? It's crazy. You know, <laughs> I get that. Um, I appreciate you. If um, I appreciate you sharing the story, I appreciate you sharing your journey. I appreciate you giving of your time. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you today to um, shit, maybe they want to chat about their own problem now. Maybe, maybe sure. they want to be for that for someone else, or maybe they want to invest in Pennsylvania real estate. What's the best way to reach you? Uh, they can reach me at 717-350-0136. That's my cell phone. Or my email is mhockley, H-O-C-K-L-E-Y, the number 21 at gmail.com. Thanks again. Available. Anybody wants to talk to me, I'm here. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you spending some time with our audience today. Yep. I appreciate you for the opportunity. Thanks, my friend. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.